the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Evan Abrams. Gilles Gallant is not with us tonight. He is uh, under the weather. So I'm going to be solo. I'm going to go through all the games from Divisional Weekend, do a little preview of the conference championship matchups as well. Uh, so let's get right into it. Let's roll. So we had the one seeds entering the weekend with Baltimore and San Francisco. And interesting enough, they clinched the one seeds in their respective conferences in actually week 17. That was the first time that had happened since the Saints and Colts in 2009, and they met in the Super Bowl. So we're going to see if history repeats itself. And one other piece of information. So five of the six games in the wild card round last week were decided by 14 points. Well, this week in the divisional round, we had three of the four games decided by one score. So the best turnaround possible. Uh, and an overall trend that we did see this weekend, teams didn't perform their best on short rest. So the Packers, Bucks, and Bills were all on short rest this weekend with their opponents not in that same position. Those teams are now 5-15 and 15 straight up. 8 and 12 against the spread over the last 20 years in the playoffs. So something to look for in the future. But let's get to these matchups now. So Detroit at San Francisco. San Francisco is about a seven-point favorite. 51 is the total. And then you've got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, three and a half, it looks like at the moment, with some threes out there. And the total at 45. First, just thought on the matchups is how many tickets the books are going to be printing this weekend with San Francisco money line and Baltimore money line attached. That pays out about plus 115. If the early game does hit with the Ravens, a lot of juice going to be on the 49ers late. But let's get to this Houston-Baltimore game first so we can recap that. Then we'll get to Casey after that. So the Texans end up being still the only team in the NFL to never have a road playoff win and the performance here wasn't very pretty they score three points on offense uh and their two lowest scoring outputs of the year end up just coming against the ravens ravens outscored them 59 to 19 texans just really weren't in this one which is a weird thing to say considering it was 10 10 at the half but even at that point baltimore not playing great texans still only have the punt return and three points on offense and then Ravens' second half just end up kind of taking over the game. Ravens have 12 rush first downs while the Texans just had one. The Ravens ran 20 more plays in the same amount of drives. And the 229 yards on 42 carries for Baltimore, it just ended up controlling the game, the time of possession, all of the above. Uh, and the Texans' 11 penalties kind of shot them in the foot at different points. But Lamar does it. He covers the spread and covers the spread by a large margin. Lamar has now covered two games in his last 1,100 days as a seven-point favorite or higher, both coming against Houston. So that narrative probably not going anywhere. 
but he played great. A hundred rushing yards. He now has three playoff games with a hundred plus yards. Only quarterback in history to do that. Just controlled the game all around. Uh, his QB rating in this game, 128.3. That is 43 points higher than his previous playoff high. He just played great. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. Now, does that translate to having to play the Chiefs next week? Are we going to believe that the performance can be repeated? Well, the Chiefs defense have played really, really well this year. The best defense Mahomes has had in EPA per play. So going to be a difficult matchup. Baltimore last faced Kansas City in week two of 2021. Mahomes did face Lamar. Baltimore won at home 36-35 as a three and a half point dog. Overall, Lamar is one and three straight up and two and two against the spread versus Mahomes, one and one at home in that spot. So in the matchup, they're going to get Mark Andrews back. We know Kansas City struggles versus the run and Baltimore again coming off 229 so yards on the ground against the Texans and Lamar's hundred. They should be able to run the ball, in my opinion, as long as Harbaugh sticks with the game plan. I think Baltimore is the right play. I hit the money line as soon as I could at like 155. It's like 165 range out there right now. One stat I did look up with the fact that Baltimore Ravens were coming off such a big win is teams off a 20-point win entering a conference championship, 6-1 and one straight up, 5-0 and oh straight up at home. Recently, that was Philadelphia in 23, Chiefs in 20, uh, Patriots in 18, all, all winning at home. So a good sign for the Ravens. And then you kind of look at this. The Ravens have played six teams this season who are three games above 500 or greater. They are 6-0 and straight up, 6-0 and against the spread, outscoring them 221-64. to When the Ravens have gone up against the best, they've been unreal. Uh, and now you've got the uh, Grim Reaper on the other side and Mahomes as a dog in your stadium. So this is the ultimate one. Uh, their first AFC championship game at home. All right. Now, before we go to the NFC, let's do KC Buffalo so we can just talk about the game for a second. This was the billing, the top show, and, and it really lived up. Uh, so let's start pregame here. Chiefs plus two and a half. They end up closing with 45% of the tickets. It is the fourth time in Mahomes' career he was minority tickets and an underdog, and he's now 3-1 and one in those games, so don't doubt Mahomes. Don't underestimate this guy. Kelsey ends up breaking his scoreless streak, seven games tied for the longest of his career, and, of course, his brother Jason with the absolute best reaction in the entire world, it seems like he's either enjoying retirement or enjoying contemplation for retirement. They're the best brothers. Overall, when you look at the end of this game, from Hamlin's failed punt to Hardman's fumble touchback to Diggs' dropped 80-yard bomb to Josh Allen playing hero ball with the fourth down run and Kincaid saving it with a tip, and then the fourth down call in midfield with Shakir, it was a wild wild end to this one and that doesn't even talk about the fact that we probably should have had either a overtime or b a mahomes last second drive to try to win them the game but of course tyler bass misses wide right wide right from 44 yards after of course scott norwood wide right from 47 i will say there was a minute 47 seconds left on the clock i'm sorry bills fans but 
there it is. Mahomes goes to his sixth straight conference championship game. He's been to the conference championship game in every single season. He has been the starter. Josh Allen, 0-3 versus the Chiefs in the playoffs, 3-1 during the regular season. Josh, I'm so sorry. And the stat probably Bills fans really don't want to hear. First team to be eliminated by the same team three, three times in a four-year span since the Niners uh, against the Packers in the 90s. That's from ESPN Stats and Info. I'm sorry, Matt. Just an absolute nightmare for anyone with Bills tickets. I know people out there from 30 to 1 to 50 to 1. Just brutal. You definitely wanted the final possession. You wanted the opportunity. Uh but this game was more back and forth than I, I think I even could have imagined. And it was more entertaining than I could have imagined. So I, I, I had the Bills, could have been better, but that's the result. The one thing moving forward that you definitely need to pay attention to is the injury to Thune on the Chiefs side on the guard. So pectoral injury. Uh, and his stats have been absolutely unreal. He had 13 pass rush matchups against Ed Oliver, who's been an absolute star this year, allowed zero pressures tonight. So he was ridiculous. And now an injury, so MRI coming on Monday, definitely something that needs to be paid attention to. Now I think it's worth talking about the line for a second. So Buffalo closes minus two and a half at home against the Chiefs. The Ravens now slated about three, three and a half. So Power ranked about a half point to a full point better. Again, I think the Ravens at three is the right price if you can get two and a half chef's kiss. But again, I'm going to fade Mahomes at my, at, you know, at my own peril. I just did it and lost, but uh, here I am again. Uh, may, maybe the dumb call, but in terms of the Chiefs calling card, second half unders have been ridiculous. So 17 and two this year, second half unders. Fourth quarter unders, 18-1 and one, with them outscoring the Bills 7-0 in the fourth quarter tonight. Just absolutely stupid. And then a few more Mahomes numbers before we dig more into this this week. So Mahomes now 8-2 and two in the playoffs when trailing by 7-plus points. His only losses to Tom Brady twice. And if you just think about it, 0-2 versus Brady for Mahomes and 1-1 one and one versus Burrow. He's 12 and 0 versus all other quarterbacks. He's just ended so many different runs. And now he's in the way of Lamar heading to the Super Bowl. And this is probably the last one for now, but he opened plus three and a half against the Ravens in this AFC championship game. He's actually only done that twice in his career before this week. 2018 regular season in New England, opens plus three and a half, closes plus four, loses 43-40. And then also in 2018, his third career start in Pittsburgh opens plus five, closes plus four and a half, and ends up beating the Steelers 42-37. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, time for the NFC now. Let's start with Packers at 49ers. So the 49ers actually end up closing as 10 and a half point favorites with some late action in this one. And the final score, San Francisco 24, 
Green Bay 21. The total closes at 50 and a half. So the game ends up going under. But the real story in this one, at least starting from Green Bay's point of view, is kind of Jordan Love's last interception. Just an awful force altogether, throwing across his body. And for anyone who knows their NFL history, seemed a little Favre-esque. So just a little familiar there. Um, But really for Love, one interception his previous nine games entering Saturday through two for the fourth time this year. So it's also not infrequent. He just had a really great run in the second half of the season. And listen, when you look at the box score, just a very, very tight game all around. Green Bay had this one kind of in the bag. The real key were the two turnovers. Uh, San Francisco had six penalties to only Green Bay's one. Green Bay played a great, great game. They really should have came away with this one. Easy cover, right call altogether. San Francisco definitely not in a position to be laying 10 points uh, in this one. Just a very, very tight matchup all around. From Green Bay point of view, listen, the first seven seed to win a game in the playoffs, they were 0-7, and Green Bay covered four in a row to end the year, covered their last six as an underdog. So they did betters great. Jeez. Now from San Francisco's point of view, The stat that everyone was looking at, under Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers are now 8-36 straight up and and 5-39 against the spread when trailing, entering the fourth quarter. With the win, they are now 1-4 straight up this year and and 0-5 against the spread when that's the case. So that's going to continue being a storyline, especially if it's a tight one against Detroit. And Shanahan, he did find a way, so he is now 5-0 straight up as a favorite and at home in the playoffs. 4-1 ATS in both of those spots. So that's probably the way I would tackle this Green Bay-San Francisco game. Purdy didn't play great until the final drive where he was kind of nails. So if you want to look at the negative, you can probably find something there. And for the positive, you know, he was kind of clutch in the end and did lead the drive. So uh, can't be too negative. So clutch. Now from the matchups point of view. So San Francisco hasn't faced the Lions since week one of 2021. It was Jimmy Garoppolo versus Jared Goff in Detroit. And it was actually Goff's first start for the Lions. And that year for Detroit was just terrible. They started the year with eight straight losses. They were 0-10-1 in their first 11 games. Just obviously a completely different Lions team. Now, I'm just going to say this now because history means nothing about current matchups, but it is interesting to hear. San Francisco's faced Detroit 21 times in the last 40 years. San Francisco is 18 and three straight up. They've won 13 straight home games against the Lions. The last Detroit quarterback to win in San Francisco was a guy by the name of Joe Reed, who beat Steve Spurrier in 1975. So it has been a while for this Detroit team, but just another hill to climb. Now, looking at the actual quarterbacks in the matchup for a second, Purdy enters this game 15 and 10 against the spread in his career. Now, that is seven and one ATS as a favorite of three and a half or less or an underdog, and eight and nine ATS as a favorite of four or more. And the Lions, seven point underdogs in this game. Interesting to note, nonetheless, when San Francisco has to be laying that many points as uh, the preemptive favorite in this one. And San Francisco hasn't really been covering much lately. They've lost two straight against the spread entering the conference championship. They've lost six straight against the spread at home entering this one. The other big story's got to be Debo Samuel. Kyle Shanahan immediately after the game said he didn't have an update. 
there was really two injuries. There was a head injury, which he came back from. And then it's the shoulder injury, which we're really worried about. Now, this was similar to a shoulder injury he suffered against the Browns earlier in year, which he missed two games. But we don't know if it's the same or the circumstances around it. So this is something that you just need to monitor as the week goes as we get more information. I'll just give you a few facts about kind of what Debo means to San Francisco in the data. So the 49ers are one and four straight up in their last five games when Debo gets two targets or fewer. Obviously, their win coming against Green Bay. Now think about this. Debo leads San Francisco in targets and receptions this season when they are leading. So he's basically one of the engines that helps them keep leads. And great stat from Matt Jacob on Twitter. So here's 49ers results in games that Debo Samuel started and finished. 12-1 and straight up, 10-3 and ATS. When Debo misses or starts and doesn't finish, 1-4 and straight up, 0-5 ATS. He just matters to this team, and you could even see it at the end of the Green Bay game. Purdy figured it out, but man, they could really they really need him. Samuel, is everything okay? Finally, let's wrap it up with Tampa Bay and Detroit. The Lions win the game 31-23. The game goes over the total, and the Lions end up covering the six, six and a half point spread, basically because Baker Mayfield doesn't end up converting the two-point conversion at the end of the game when they score the late touchdown, which might have been a pass interference, maybe not. Didn't really look like he turned around, but different opinions there. Overall, Tampa Bay, the story here was probably the long shot ticket. After Houston loses earlier, Tampa Bay at 100-1, to kind of the last long shot left here. And Detroit wins the game, so ticket doesn't end up coming through, which usually the case. But let's look at the game itself. So Baker's interception at the, uh, at least the first one initially, not his fault, right? Off the uh, hands of, I believe it was Evans who had a catching problem earlier in the game. And then Baker's interception at the end of the game that sealed it, definitely his fault. Pressure in his face. Great play by the defender. So I think two different plays there, but you really can't hurt Baker at all for this season. Just a great year overall. They end up nine and four ATS as underdogs. They end up eight and two ATS on the road. Baker himself had played well in the playoffs, right? Two and one straight up three and O ATS entering this season. So uh, to me, this isn't the story about anything negative on Baker's point of view. I think if anything, he made himself look better this year. Great job there. I think the only other thing from this game worth talking about is probably the Detroit challenge when Baker's calf was down. Yeah, probably something Dan probably would have uh, wanted to challenge there. Um, Didn't end up mattering, but yeah, definitely frustrating at the time. How about this one? So Todd Bowles, 18 and 43 now straight up in his career as an underdog, a little bit under 30%. Baker has six of those 18 wins or 33% of them. So Bowles has been terrible as a dog. Baker having an incredible season, the combo together, but that is the situation with Tampa Bay. Now, Detroit. I put out a stat earlier today that this was really the ultimate Lions game. We had really never seen them in a position where they were favored by this much, where we really expected them to perform. In the last 40 years, the Lions were favored by six points or more versus a team above 500 just four times. They were 0-4 straight up in those games, with the last game coming all the way back in 2012. 
it had really been a minute and they played really well. Goff played well. The offense played good. The defense, I think, had their times. They had some good pressure. Aiden Hutchinson got some sacks. He's been great the last few games. But here's the one issue. It's the pass game with Detroit. So Baker goes for 349 and three touchdowns, while Evans puts up eight for 147 and a touchdown. I don't want to just run through numbers here on this pod, especially since it's just me. Give me the numbers. But they've they've been absolutely like torched. Mullins put up almost 402 games between Jefferson, Lamb, Puka, and Evans. It's been you know, maybe 700 yards in five games, if not more. So next week when they face the 49ers and if Debo's back, maybe it's an IU game, but they've just been absolutely torched downfield. So definitely something to note for the future there. Now, from Goff's point of view, he's faced the 49ers nine times in his career. He's lost five straight. He's three and six against them with only one of those games coming with the Lions, the loss in 2021. But the stat that kind of was interesting to me, Goff has faced Shanahan in San Francisco four times. He's actually averaging 32 points per game, putting up 30 in three games, so not awful. And, you know, we've talked about Goff outdoors, I feel like, forever, but he's played 11 games outdoors on the road with the Lions, 5-5-1 five, five and one straight up, 6-5 and five against the spread. He's actually 5-1 and one straight up and ATS in his last six which, you know, the bad performance against Baltimore, but hasn't all been bad for Goff. In 10 games at home this year, he has a QBR of about 64. He has 8.1 yards per attempt, 22 touchdowns, six picks. Eight games on the road, 57 QBR, so that's down about seven points. 7.1 yards per attempt, so that's down a full yard. And just 11 touchdowns and six picks. So same number of interceptions, but 11 fewer touchdowns. It's obviously something that is noted all around, and even wind is noted more when Goff's road starts, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that windy in San Francisco next week, so probably not the craziest storyline there. But just to get these numbers out of the way, Goff, last three seasons, 26-9 and against the spread indoors, just 8-7 and against the spread outdoors. Much smaller sample, but he has been absolutely dominant in the dome on the surface. So different quarterback all around. It's just, uh, I feel better somewhere indoors. That'll do it for the recap. But before we get out of here, let's check in with Patrick Everson from Vegas Insiders and how things fared for the books and the betters in Las Vegas. All right. Great to be back on the Action Network podcast. Let's recap the weekend that was a little bit in these divisional round games and also take a look ahead to the conference championship games. Odds obviously already on the board and getting some attention. It was kind of a back and forth between the betters and the bookmakers. There were some outcomes that worked well in favor of the betters, some outcomes that certainly worked well in favor of the bookmakers. The only real universal was the Saturday night divisional round game between the Packers and the 49ers. Most of the odds makers I spoke with, including those at BetMGM, really wanted a 49ers win and a Green Bay Packers cover. And that is exactly what they got with a three-point 49ers victory. So that was pretty much universally applauded by the sports books. So obviously that means it was a decision that went against the public betting masses. Back and forth a little bit on the Ravens game. There was a lot of public play on the Texans. Ravens ultimately win and cover easily, which... Doesn't work well for the public on straight bets necessarily. However, the Ravens were the favorite. The Niners were the favorite. In the early game Sunday, the Lions were the favorite. 
And then tonight, it's Sunday night as I speak to you, the Bills and the Chiefs, those are two very public teams, both. So Moneyline parlays were running solidly well into Sunday night. And those Moneyline parlays and such were split on Sunday night between the Bills and the Chiefs. So that kind of made it more of a wash for some books and even a loser for some books and a winner for the public if you played the Moneyline parlays and you ran those Moneyline parlays to the Chiefs or if you had teaser play running to the Chiefs, which it sounds like a lot of people added six points to the Chiefs and obviously with the Chiefs winning outright, that got there pretty easily. So again, a little bit of a mixed bag, but uh, that Niners game universally applauded by the odds makers, including one uh, who told me 49ers by three was a really good score. He said this. He said that game felt absolutely perfect. They bet me Green Bay on the money line. They bet me straight bets and teasers on the 49ers. And really, it just worked out well for the books. Now, looking ahead to the conference championship games, you got the Ravens hosting the Chiefs in the AFC. And then in the second game next Sunday, you've got the Niners hosting the Lions. First off, these two matchups are going to draw a ton, ton, ton of money. These are four teams that are going to be very public teams. And at least two of them for sure, the 49ers and the Lions, and uh, uh, not so much the Ravens and the Chiefs. Really, the book is going to be rooting for the Ravens and the Chiefs, either, either of those teams in the Super Bowl. 49ers and the Lions are liabilities for multiple books, including for BetMGM in the Super Bowl futures market. So, BetMGM will at least get rid of one of those two teams next week in a game that, again, I suggest will be very heavily bet. But we're going to start with the first game, Ravens-Chiefs. I talked to an odds maker on this Sunday evening about that game. Baltimore opens minus three and a half even. No movement so far. What the odds maker told me was the Ravens are power rated higher than KC and they're at home. And he said further, Kansas City's offense hasn't put it together against a healthy defense all year. And in addition, he said Baltimore is just smoked every good team it's played this season. And that is, generally speaking, a fairly true statement. And obviously the Ravens look great in the second half against the Texans in the divisional round. Now moving along to the late kick on Sunday, Lions at 49ers. 49ers open minus seven and are down a half a point tonight. A few, you know, shortly after it opened, about 75 minutes after it opened, went down to six and a half with the odds maker I spoke with. And what he said is we didn't want to open south of seven if we could avoid it. So they didn't. He said, we'll need Detroit for sure. I'm sure we'll get some wise guy action on Detroit plus seven, but we still will likely be overwhelmed with San Francisco money by the time we get to kickoff uh, late Sunday afternoon here, Pacific time and Sunday evening on the East Coast. And indeed, it was early sharp money on the Lions at plus seven that knocked the Niners from minus seven down to minus six and a half. So there's a little bit of a recap of the weekend and a look ahead to two really compelling conference championship games. Thanks a lot for having me on. We'll see you next week with the Super Bowl matchup on the table. Thanks, Patrick. And thanks to everyone else for tuning in. Stay tuned for more NFL betting content for Championship Weekend right here on the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.